Hello, and welcome to Moose Gooders. <laughs> <laughs> we were scheduled to record Sunday, but we we decided we had to do a... I guess you could call it an emergency episode today. A more immediate reaction <laughs> yeah, to um, some stanky bullshit. To what was essentially 20 minutes of pure shit, 45 minutes of just shit, and then a better second half, but... Nonetheless, yeah. welcome. Um, we welcome had to call George. the big guns. Yeah. So we're going to do a recap of the the Watford game, if you could even call it a game. Um, we'll try to keep our reactions measured. Uh, we'll do a around the league roundup, which thankfully results kind of, you know, the damage wasn't too bad from our performance, given the results around the league. So we'll take a look at that, um, and we'll check in on the relegation battle. Um which is heating up some some interesting interesting people going up. Swansea's moving up. Palace and Allardyce are moving down. So we'll take a look at that. Um, but yeah, thanks for uh, tuning into this episode. Hello. That's <laughs> 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 so funny. It just sounded so down. Uh, that was intentional. <laughs> Okay, so the Watford game, lots, lots and lots to unpack here. I mean, someone who had never watched football before could watch that 20 minutes. If, if someone didn't have any context and watched the first 20 minutes of that game, they would think that Watford was one of the top teams in the league and Arsenal was a mid-table to bottom team. Because for the first 20 minutes, that's what it looked like. It wasn't just two fluky goals on breaks. Watford had more chances. Um, George, you got to rewatch the game and analyze it a little closer. What did you think of some of the uh, efforts from the Arsenal squad? Yeah, well, because for, for those of you that don't know, I, I'm, I'm a cook, so I work in a kitchen, and I start work around, when it's a midweek kickoff, I start work at 1 o'clock, and the game usually starts here around like 3 so I can't watch it. So I record it, and then I go home, and I watch it afterwards. But sometimes I know the result before I go and watch it. Um, but I obviously, when I, when I first heard the score, I was very angry. I may have thrown a few burger buns, but... <laughs> it's usually through me texting him, too. Like, he usually, yeah, like you go for a smoke break, and you either see, like... Perez, Walcott with an explanation mark, yeah. or this is a fucking disgrace. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I think, when I texted you... Uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, it, but it, it, was, it was bad. So basically when I went back and watched it, um, obviously before the game even started, like most of the internet was alive with questions of uh, our midfield pairing, which was Cock and Ramsey, yeah. which showed during the game that didn't really do so well. And uh, the other thing was uh, Gabrielle at right back, which was a start. Um, a, lot of, a lot of questions that why Bellerin's been on the bench for two straight games. Or not even two straight games. He no, started he against started Southampton. Against Southampton, but Wenger said he wasn't a hundred percent fully fit to go back to back. Which for me well, begs you know, the question fine. why the fuck did we start him against Southampton? Like I would have saved him Yeah, exactly. Saved for him the for Premier the Watford, League game. Yeah. Not against the Southampton seaside, but that's Yeah. Beside the point. Uh I see that double entendre. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, I, I don't have too much of an issue with Gabrielle starting it right back, personally. It was, 
Like, if, if you're going to rest him, if you're going to rest Bellerin, that's going to be our replacement. We would not. We would rather have Gabrielle in there than Jenkinson. Um, but, but, yeah, I agree with you. We should have started Bellerin in that game as opposed to uh, the Southampton one. Yeah, and the thing is, is that Gabrielle is a center back. Yeah. Right? And... And the other games he's played right back, he hasn't looked out of place. Like, he hasn't been a shining star, but he hasn't looked out of place. But Tuesday, he looked out of place. And we were talking about for the transfer window, like, buying, like just buying a depth player. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they buy a depth right back, right? If, if you know that Bellerin's got sort of this prolonged injury that's going to keep at him, yeah. why not just buy a right back who's not going to look out of place at that position? Anyway, I just, mm-hmm. I thought Gabriel did not, he looked like a center back playing right back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also also before the game, there was a lot of shouts for Ox being given a run in center of midfield, which yeah. before the game I was thinking was like, well, you kind of have to go with your players that are tested in that position, maybe not as a partnership, but in that position. Yeah. Um, but after this game, I think he has to go to, he has to give Oxlade a chance. Yeah. I mean, and with Shaka always suspended, mm-hmm. right. You need to come up with a midfield pairing. That's going to be productive. I like Ramsey was clear. He, he was the worst player on the pitch and he only played 20 minutes of the game mm-hmm. and went off with embarrassment. I think we said, yeah, well, it, he had a really, really poor game. Like, I I don't think I recall one of our midfielders playing that badly. Yeah. His passing was off. Uh, he lost the ball a lot, especially on the second goal. Yeah. Um, the deflection, I, like, it I'm did- not going to blame him so much for that one. I just don't know what he was, his positioning was. Yeah, and it just seemed like he didn't know whether he wanted to block the shot or get out of the way of the shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, pick one and be decisive. Yeah. Because if you block the shot, great. Especially if when you get out of the way, one. Czech's probably going to save that. Exactly. But you did half of both, and you put it into the back of the net. Yeah. I thought it was just, like, he was questioning what was happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he, he did sort of look out of place. I don't know why, because he's... It, it, it's it's such he's such a frustrating player because like we know that he's had a good season for us and he can be good. It's just like this would have been his chance to sort of step up and cement himself in our midfield and he just ends up absolutely like fucking it up to a very bad result degree. And for me, I think he's had several chances. Yeah. Like, there's been several games where we've said this is Ramsey's chance to show that he is going to be like a future cornerstone of this midfield. Yeah. And it seems like every single time he either doesn't live up to expectations or just purely disappoints. Yeah. And then he'll have a good game where you're not really focused on him. Mm-hmm. Right? He might come in for 20 minutes and play really, really well. But when when the eyes are on him and you're looking for this like solid starting midfielder to fill in for a Shaka, Bottles. to fill in for a, for Cazorla, who's hurt, he just he doesn't, he mm-hmm. doesn't live up to it at all. So. Yeah. And there's a lot of arguments being made that we aren't playing the right system for Ramsey, which is fair. Yeah. Well, when you saw it's him... It's a fair criticism, but I mean, like, it doesn't excuse the fact that... Because if we have the same system, that's not how we play, and he only plays good in a system that we don't play, there's 
like there's no point in hanging on to him. Yeah. And that's the same for every player, not just Ramsey. If our system doesn't suit them, like if they're not a marquee player, we're not yeah. going to adapt our playing style to well, suit them. He played really well at the Euros, right? For yeah. Wales. And if you look at the system that he like if you look at his positioning there, he was like he was given freedom. Mm-hmm. He was a more he was encouraged to attack more and he 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 got he got to make more happen like everything went through him. Mm-hmm. I think when you like try to contain him to just one position, he some of his weaknesses come out more and I think we've contained him to a position where he is weaker. Yeah. Right? But if you had him more in an attacking role and gave him more freedom of movement, which doesn't work in the Arsenal system. Yeah. It you know, it depends on having a structured midfield and then having guys like Sanchez and Ozil with a little bit more yeah. freedom. So I I th- I think it might be time to move on yeah. from Ramsey and like get the money that you can while yeah. he still has a high value. Um, but yeah, it was it was. I mean, I truly do believe that he went off from embarrassment. I like obviously he he does have a history with injury, but it's just it, obviously it's hard to make a claim like that. I. I do think that he was insanely embarrassed. There wasn't exactly a moment where he, like, pulled up or something. Yeah. Anyway. It definitely when he was try- it definitely wasn't when he was trying to recover for the second goal. No. Because he didn't recover. Because he didn't recover goal. anything. Yeah. It was... And <laughs> I think on the second goal, like, a lot of... You can't just pin it on Ramsey. A lot of yeah. people have to do better. Like, the defense was very bad. Well, even like, from the very, throw. very, very static. Right? Like, the throw, it was it was off a of Gabriel throw-in. Yeah. That they countered on that. And well, Ramsey lost the ball. Yes. That was extremely poor from Ramsey. No. And then they start breaking, and then you have uh, Koscielny, Mustafi, Monreal going back. But you just saw in that none of them had intensity. No. None of them were showing that they like were trying to get the ball. They were very very passive and it it, it just it, it's just something we've seen from Arsenal. I even I even said in the last podcast that this had like not even necessarily like us bottling it, but I mean the attitude of we go in and we get complacent far yeah. too often. Yeah, I'm I was wondering like after watching the first half, I was wondering if they were looking to the Chelsea game too much. Yeah. Right? And that's what always happens. Like this I, when you're when you're at this level of football, you shouldn't you should have learned by now that you can't look over teams or, or yeah. not take teams seriously. But I, I I mean that's the only explanation to that first half was that they were thinking about Saturday and not about yeah. Tuesday and they got burned for it from a pretty decent side. Mm-hmm. And the thing is I see that that specific aspect as a managerial thing. Absolutely. Because if you look at Chelsea, Conte is on the sidelines every single game, making sure his team's up for it. Yeah. Every single game, he's on everyone's back, making sure people do their job. Yeah. And you see them, as compared to last year, they didn't give a shit last year. So almost the exact same team, their mentality can switch just like that with a certain manager. Yeah. And, and like, I'm obviously, I'm still happy we have Wenger. I'm still very pleased. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that's one of his weaker aspects. His stronger aspects mm-hmm. are finding players, developing talent. But yeah. this is very clearly 
an, an aspect of his that is uh, is a negative one. And it's this whole storyline of not getting up for the games you should win mm-hmm. has become sort of a consistent theme for Arsenal over the years. Yeah, but they did like they did have a better second half. Um, Awobi got the goal. Perez hit the crossbar. Like we could have easily come out of that game with a point. Yeah, given the second half that we did have, but it just. It wasn't to be. Um, I thought Perez was really positive when he came on. Yeah, I thought too. Walcott was not. Walcott missed a lot of chances, but yeah. that's that's the Walcott we're yeah he, yeah you never know to. what you're getting. And I thought Awobi played well again. I too. thought Awobi played very well. His goal was very well taken. It was it was a very it was a very weird finish. He he sort of yeah. somehow put it right across his body in between two defenders, and it just snuck in on the far post. Yeah. It was it was a really nice goal, and honestly, Awobi looked like one of the only players that was really working really hard. And yeah. even throughout the whole game, I don't think our offense played that poorly at all. I I just think it was a lack of concentration on the defense in midfield. Yeah, and it was our linking aspects that really let us down. The passing was right off. Like getting yeah. the ball to the forge was right off. Sanchez was trying to do it all by himself. Yes. Right, like he, you could tell he wanted it. Yeah. Um, which is never a question with Alexi, but at the end of the day, it's a huge missed opportunity. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like Spurs drop points, Chelsea and Liverpool tie, and you end up fall rather than gaining two points on the on all those teams as you should have. You fell a point behind all of them. Yeah. Um, and it's important to try not to overreact. I mean, yes, this is a huge blow to the title hopes. Yeah. But if you look at the games that Arsenal's lost this year, yeah, this was really like the first big blunder. Yeah. In ter- like, obviously, like Liverpool. we played bad against City and Everton, yeah. but I mean, like th- those two aren't walkover teams. Yeah. We yeah. also beat Chelsea, right? right? Yeah. You know, the, there's you're not gonna win all every game against the top clubs. So a loss to Everton away. The loss to City, the loss to Liverpool, which I barely even count for the first yeah, game yeah. because we had no defense. We had mm-hmm. no defenders. Um, it's understandable. This was really like the first big slip-up of the year. Now it comes at a very important time. Yeah, it comes and, at a crucial time. And Chelsea hasn't been doing that. Chelsea yeah. hasn't lost those games, which is why they're nine points ahead. Yeah, I think it's they have three losses and one draw. This year, which yeah. is extremely consistent. And because they get up for the big games. Yeah, absolutely. And and even even after this game, it's very disappointing. And, like, you hear a lot of people saying, like, oh, like, our title hopes are dead. And this is, this is like, the end of it, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I think that's a little bit bullshit, too. Because, like, obviously, it doesn't fill me with confidence, this yeah. result. It doesn't fill me with confidence that we're going to lose to Watford and then go out and dick Chelsea like 10 nothing or something. Yeah. No, it, that's not what I'm thinking. It's just, like, the point differential is only increased by one. Mm-hmm. And we're still tied for second place. Yeah. Well, the title hopes it's made lay thing- on this weekend. It lies on Saturday. Absolutely. If we Ultimately. lose, then it's, it's done. It's I agree. Done. Yeah, you're just trying to make top four at that point. But I mean, like... Do well in the Champions League. Even, even through this week... Chelsea only gained one point. It's nine points, still a huge gap. Yeah. But I mean, winning that is down to six. And yeah. that that makes it very, very close again. You have to win. Yeah, and especially when all the other teams are very close as well. Mm-hmm. It, it puts extra pressure on those fixtures. So I don't see people saying like, oh, we're completely done. We're completely out of it. Because those people that are pessimistic like that, they're banking on results that haven't even happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, oh, like I said, it doesn't fill me with confidence this game. But... Like, 
y- y- there's way too much negativity after one bad result. Yeah. I, no, I agree. But I, I think you can say if you lose at Chelsea this weekend, the title hopes yeah, are done. I agree. And yeah, I think it's a little, a little premature to say that after the Watford game because of the results that happened. But yeah, we'll see what happens Saturday. Again, not filled with confidence. We'll see what sort of team he puts out. Yeah. I think it's huge not having Xhaka. Yeah, which again is just it's a consequence of his hot head. But oh yeah, and it's gonna happen. But it will have to see what. What happens this weekend, but definitely not the result we are hoping for on Tuesday. All right, so before we do the Premier League wrap-up, I just got a notification on my phone that says Yaya Sanogo has been named in Arsenal's Champions League squad, hasn't played since April 2016. I can't even get into this right now. I am going to have to read more. I don't know if there's some been some training injury to a striker we don't know about. But that's fucking mental. <laughs> if we think we're going to go to Bayern with Yaya Sanogo. I mean, it doesn't mean he's going to play. But the fact that he's in the squad is confusing as hell. But just think about how glorious it would be. If we're, <laughs> if we're down, like it's second leg, we need like two goals or something. Then we come on and Yaya Sanogo like stumbles and like yeah. knocks one into the Bambi's net. Two Bambi's into the two net. into the net becomes a hero. That'd be pretty funny. It would be. It'd be banter FC. Yeah, I, I might be eating my words, but <laughs> anyway, Premier League roundup from from Tuesday. Um, the big the big match was Liverpool Chelsea, which I guess ended as favorably as we could hope in a yeah, one one yeah. draw. Given the fact that we lost, even even. If we had won, that's probably the most favorable result. Yeah. Um, Liverpool, it, it was a really good game. I was sort of watching it on and off because it was on at my work. Um, Luis's goal was very, very well yeah, taken. Reminiscent of his free kick in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. But the trickery to it, too, was... was It was impressive. It, like, I mean, Mignolet was out in left field. Oh the yeah, I yeah. didn't. He like he had no idea it was coming, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, he he Mignolet saved a penalty as well, which was very huge. very huge. Yeah. Um, but overall, it was great result for both. Like um, Liverpool, obviously would have fancied a win there. Um, Chelsea, given the results that happened, a tie is fine for them. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it it really that result would have been a lot more intense had Arsenal have won. Yeah. But overall it was fine. The next game was City West Ham where we yeah. were all we were all talking about how City was really going downhill yeah. and West Ham was going up. West Ham yeah. was going uphill and then City pulled an Arsenal and absolutely dicked West Ham by four goals yeah. in uh, at home. Or, well, away to West Ham. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, Gabriel Jesus, the new signing, getting on the score sheet. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched that, the game against Tottenham where he came on. Mm-hmm. And he was like a like a firecracker. Mm-hmm. Like, he came on and he was making stuff happen. I think he's going to be an excellent player for City. Yeah. It scares the shit out of me. It, they um, were saying that after Neymar, he's, like, the most promising player yeah. coming out of Brazil. Yeah. And I'm sure working with Pep Guardiola is really going to help him out with that. Yeah, he's speedy. He's got a nose for goal. And, like, 
kind of reminds me of like the just from the small amounts I've seen of him, the drive of Sanchez. Yeah, like the guy fucking cares. Yeah, um, and you see that a lot score. from uh, South American players because yeah. it like obviously you see it from European players as well. But I mean, more of the really good South American players are coming from much much poorer situations, yeah. and it, it it just it's it's been proven that players in a less than ideal financial standing when they're discovered have more hunger for it it's more yeah. about passion in their game yeah for sure a bad result for West Ham obviously but I mean given the start to the season they had I mean I think they came into the season with expectations of like pushing for a top four spot again mm-hmm. had a terrible start then there was talks of like holy shit they're in relegation yeah zone and they've won enough games to like get them out of that so they're sort of in this weird limbo spot where expectations are down but they're not like they're not gonna go down obviously mm-hmm. so I mean yeah it's a bad result for West Ham but really it's sort of a wash season for them like they're gonna they're gonna stay in the middle of the table mm-hmm. and that's about it and then reset for next year and so it I mean even the thing is like in previous seasons a middle table finish is a fine result for West Ham yeah oh for sure and then a lot of it is being like sort of seen as like bad that after the season they had last year, that they're all the way down now. But a lot of the expectations that they had coming into this year was because of the play of Dimitri Payet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, because he was being mentioned with, like, er- the Urzels of the Premier League and the De Bruyne's of the Premier League as being that sort of quality as a player. Mm-hmm. We all know what happened this year, both in the quality of his play yeah. and him being a snake and leaving. Mm-hmm. So I think when you account for, for that... A West Ham mid-table finish makes sense. Yeah, um, like yeah. They've crawled up into 11th now, just a point behind Burnley. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if if they finish top 10, but they're like they're not going to be pushing for, for Europe, I don't think. No, no, absolutely not. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll go over a quick uh, summary of, like, uh, the table and the relegation battle right now because, obviously, there's been a lot of the teams that are in danger getting results um, right here. It's from 15th to 20th. It's only a five point difference. Yeah. And it's tight. Mm-hmm. And, and like the thing that's impressing me is Swansea city. Keep winning. Swansea city. Keep winning. Well, they have a good manager. He is Carlo Ancelotti's assistant. He was an assistant at Real Madrid uh, they they brought in a good manager, and it's funny too because we were talking about how Swansea seemed to have been lo- losing the plot in terms of hiring their managers. Yeah. When it comes to, uh, like, well, not necessarily hiring, but hiring and firing. So like, um, Francesco Gwendolyn, who did very very well with them, got shown the door by the American ownership to hire the American coach Bob Bradley. Yeah. And then they he lasted eight games and then they hired someone else. So it just seemed like an absolute mess at the time. Yeah. But uh Clement has come in and it seems like he's doing extremely well. And as long as I think as long as Lorente stays healthy, mm-hmm. they're gonna stay up. I th- I know the last time we talked about the relegation battle, I said Swansea was going down for sure. Yeah. But I mean, just watching their last few games, actually, basically since the Arsenal game, yeah, it's been it's been a whole it's new been squad. Um, Sunderland are doomed. Yeah, I say there's no way Sunderland's staying up. Hull City just sold Snodgrass. Yeah, so I mean, I think they're gonna go down. Although they've been playing really well, I think they're gonna 
I think they're going to turn over a bunch of good teams. Yeah, I mean, well... They, Hopefully not us. They tied Man U this yeah. week, so... Um, but it just with the players that they have, I mean, any injuries and, and that's it. They seem to, own, like, ownership almost seems to be resigned to going back down. Mm-hmm. This is what they always do. They come up, they go back down, they'll probably come up again next year. Um, after that, it really is a toss-up. Like we said, I don't think Swansea's going down if they stay in the form. Mm-hmm. Palace is in the third relegation spot, but they have Allardyce, yeah. who is... He's it's, notorious it's, for getting them out. And with the team they have, with the Bentekes, with the Kabais, with the Townsends, like, they shouldn't, they really shouldn't go down. Yeah. Which, then you look up from there, you got Leicester and Middlesbrough tied on 21 points. It's tough. I mean, Leicester could be in trouble. Leicester could be in trouble. And that that's, it's such an in, incredible thing. But I mean, like, if they were to get relegated... That would just reinforce how amazing of a story it was for them to have lost to one last year. Um, I really hope they don't go down. Um, Me personally, the bottom three, I think, is going to be how it is. Although I think Middlesbrough might swap out for Palace at some point. That's what I think, because Middlesbrough can't score. Yeah, Middlesbrough can't score. Bournemouth is staying up, if you ask me. I I really hope Bournemouth stays up. I think it really... the thing with Leicester is if they can stay out, if they can just survive this Africa Cup of Nations and get Slimani back and get Mahrez back, mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine. They'll get enough points to stay up. Um, yeah, I, I th- I'm changing my prediction from earlier this year of Sunderland Hall Swansea to Sunderland Hall Middlesbrough. Yeah, I I think that's a that's a good shout. Uh, it, it it's really tough at the bottom, but as we've seen, like teams are getting results. Hall City just tied Man U. Yeah. Swansea's beaten Liverpool and Southampton back-to-back, and Southampton's no bad team. I mean, Southampton's been struggling a bit lately in the Premier League, but no, yeah, for for Swansea, that's a great result. Absolutely. And looking a bit further up the table, in 7th and 8th, we have Everton and West Brom. West Brom's been having a very good season yeah. under Tony Pulis. They've kind of been like the West Ham of last year where they but they don't have the big player like Pae, right? Like mm-hmm. Chadley's been contributing, obviously Rondon's always contributing, McCarthy's been good for them. Yeah. Um Burnley I think's been a bigger surprise for me yeah. because of their home form. Yeah, I mean I, th- I think they have the second best home record next to Chelsea, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and that's that just goes to show you that obviously you need to be able to win away, but if you're that good at home, and especially if you're a team just wanting to make the grade for uh, yeah, r- to stay in the Premier League, that's that's superb from Burnley. It's very nice. Twenty three games in, twenty nine points. That's it's you. It's like about twelve off the sort of accepted amount that you need to survive. Uh, to survive, relegation. yeah, they say forty one points, right? Yeah, forty one, forty two yeah. points. So. Yeah, I, I really don't see... And again, and then you look further down, you got Watford and Bournemouth in the 13-14. I don't see either of them... Yeah, I mean, Unless neither. they hit a huge rut, and I don't think they will. I mean, Bournemouth plays a nice enough style of football that they're going to get goals. Mm-hmm. They're going to get results. And they get upsets every year. Like, they, mm-hmm. you saw last year they rolled over Chelsea. They rolled over uh, Man U, I think, last year. Yeah, they almost beat this Arsenal year, this yeah, year. Yeah, they almost beat Arsenal this year, and... Uh, they beat Liverpool in the last minute. Yeah. So they're a team that can always mix it up. I really like Bournemouth. I really don't want them to go down. I don't. Um, I don't think they will though. Yeah, it's it's definitely a packed table. I mean, 
I think in a few weeks we'll have a better idea of what's going to happen, but really I think it's a it's a battle for that third spot. Yeah, me I, just, as well. I, I know Hall's been getting some results, but I just think long haul they don't have enough senior players in their team to really make a push out of it. Exactly. And you see even so as like Ryan Mason, which terrible injury and yeah. obviously that's it's very serious and I'm glad that he's all right now, but like just as an example, like injuries like that are going to happen. And yeah. when you don't have a full squad, even close to a full squad of senior players, yeah. you can't you can't cope with that. No. And so, although the manager's been doing really well, you, there's just there's just no way you can compensate for the yeah. lack of quality throughout the squad. For sure. I wonder what Townsend's thinking at this point on Palace. Yeah. Like, goes to Newcastle, Newcastle gets relegated, wants to stay in the Premier League, goes to Palace... And if Palace gets relegated, I mean, you got to look at him as, like, not... He's obviously not a leader on a team. He's not a guy who's going to make a huge difference. He's a decent player, but he's not enough to keep you up. Um, Yeah, and there's talks of even him going back to Newcastle, which... uh, I don't think Newcastle wants him, because they didn't... I don't think they they either. They were not impressed with... How he left. Just from listening to the true Jordy, I mean... They were not impressed with, with his play when he came there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so a tight table, interesting table. I mean, Arsenal's sitting tied for second right now, so I think we'll obviously have a better idea of what, what the rest of the season's going to hold after Saturday. Yeah. Um, so that wraps up this week's episode of Moose Gooners. Um, looking towards Saturday, which is tomorrow. Um, what are your predictions for the game, George? I don't like doing that. Uh, but I'm going to. I, I just don't like it because it's... Oh. Just for this game. I like making predictions, but just for yeah, this game, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I want to be optimistic. I know we can beat them. Yeah. I think it's going to end in a tie, personally. I same. I, I, I'm on the exact same boat there. I'm thinking 1-1. One, 1-1 one. One, one or 2-2. Two, two. But it's... It's a tough one. I'm obviously I'm gonna be praying that we win. Yeah, the no, I'm not even religious, but I'm gonna be praying. <laughs> the Wofford games just de- defeated me. Like I'm deflated after that one. Yeah, exactly. Like just it's just going back into the same old story of disappointment and your hopes being crushed. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I of course I'm hoping for the win, but if I'm being a realist, one one. Like Sanchez and Costa get the goals. Yeah, I I really I think that's going to be the case as well. And I also think that Giroud might not start against I Chelsea. Know. I think he might come on late. Yeah. Um. But we're gonna we're, we're gonna see. I think Ox might get a run in midfield because a so. Ramsey's injured, and also shat the fucking bed yesterday. Yeah. No Ramsey not should not be allowed. Tuesday. Ramsey should not be allowed to. To play, if you ask me, like honestly, precautionary measure. Yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll see what our midfield looks like. I I do think that Oxlade might be given the chance, and maybe this will be the time that he really proves that he's an Arsenal player. Yeah, and comes in, steps in very well in that midfield role. Because yeah, that's where that's where he can slot in. But we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully on Sunday when we're back, we will have a more cheery podcast than this yeah, one. Yeah. Um, hopefully with a happier intro. Um, <laughs> it'll also be Super Bowl 
Yes, Sunday. Super Bowl. So we'll be recording Super Bowl Sunday. So we'll maybe talk about our picks for the Super Bowl. As yeah, I know that interest stretches far and wide. Fuck the Patriots. Yeah, I know that's pretty much. They're the man you of the NFL. They're absolutely the man you of the NFL. But thank you for listening, and uh, we will be back on Sunday.